0: I've got something a little bit different for you today. Sometimes I get the chance to cover local events like film festivals or even just one-off events. Uh, this past Saturday, I got to sit in on a media roundtable for Frame for Frame Festival in Arlington. I got to hear from the founder, from filmmakers, from producers, actors, and even activists. So... I wanna you know, share a little bit about that with you. Uh, this first clip I'm gonna play is from the founder of the festival, James Hawthorne, and I'll let him tell the story of the festival in his own words.
1: It feels like I'm back amongst family and friends again, uh, being here with you at, this, um, at the media roundtable. And um, my name is James Hawthorne, I'm the festival organizer. This is the fourth year of our film festival, of our festival period. And, uh, you know, just uh, uh, as Kelly talked about, we, we, uh, we've we been doing this, this is our fourth year. And uh, we're fortunate to have a fourth year because, uh, you know, as, as most of you guys know, if you've ever tried to do a festival of any sort, you know, um, money is always uh, the primary objective. It takes money to make these things happen. And uh, we've been fortunate this year and years past that the city of Arlington has really supported us and we've gotten community support in terms of monetary uh, support in order to, uh, to do the things that we're doing. So we're happy. Uh, we feel like we're growing from that standpoint. We, we're getting a lot of uh, support in the community uh, to do this thing and I think it's a needed thing uh, for the Arlington community. And so I'm just so happy that uh, financially we are still in a position to do the things that, that we do. Uh, About this year's festival, um, you know, I'm I'm excited anyway about the fact that we've really added a a great music component to the festival. In the years past, that's kind of been kind of our Achilles' heel, if you will. Uh, We wanted to um, um, stand up the music side of the festival, and so I think that we've been able to do that this year with the uh, adding the Arlington Music Festival, which was a festival in and of itself we've been able to add that and bring it under our umbrella. And uh, we have somebody here to talk about the music portion and all the excitedness that we, we feel about about that opportunity uh, going into the festival. Uh, and then if I look, cheat here and look at my note, uh, talk about the, uh, the art festival that we have. This year, uh, again, at the Arlington Museum of Art, and it's a collaborative uh, project with the Fort Worth Museum of Art that we're doing and the name of the exhibit is Red and it's, it's kind of an exhibit that um, is in solidarity for the people who are suffering with HIV and AIDS and so uh, it's, it's kind of a first of its kind kind of ca- collaboration with the uh, Fort Worth Museum of Art and the uh, Arlington Art uh, the Arlington Museum of Art and so uh, I've seen a couple of pieces and it's really quite interesting so I would encourage people as well to uh, go there and check out the uh, art pieces associated with that with that uh, piece of the festival, so we're we're happy. I'm happy. I'm just just, just uh, ex- excited, and I'm excited for a number of reasons. You know, um, as some of you in the room already know, um, uh, you know, Coolie High is my all-time favorite movie. You know, and uh, and uh, and so I'm excited this year that we we're able to. Um, to bring that into the festival, along with Mr. Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, who's uh, one of the stars of, of, of that film, able to land him and come in to talk about the project. I've talked to him uh, earlier this week. He's excited about coming in and uh, uh, talking about this uh, uh, film. And uh, and I just can't say enough about Cooley High and what it, um, what it has meant to me and be able to bring that film and bring uh, um, Uh, Lawrence Hilton Jacobson to uh, talk about their project I'm just really really excited about. Well Uh, well, do talk about
2: why you're excited about it, what it means to you because I mean you were in high school when
3: it came out right?
1: Yeah I was in high school I was you know you know I was in high school in (laughs) 1975 you know and uh, so you know at that time for me being a high school kid, and this kid was set. This this film was set as a period piece set in the '60s, but it was about high school kids. And I had never seen at that time, anyway. I had never seen a group of African American kids my age in the movies on a big screen. And I could, I was, I remember sitting in the audience, and I could identify with every single character. Oh. He was somebody that I knew at my school. Oh wow! You know, including me, I knew which one I was too. <laughs> you know, and. Uh, and so, you know, it was just a, um, uh, a, a real moving experience for me at that time. Um, and I just remember leaving the theater thinking they finally made a movie that, that I feel like that I was really a part of or could really relate to in a way that I hadn't related to other movies at that time. And so uh, I think for a lot of people my age, uh, they still, they feel that connection to that movie. And, uh, and so uh, I'm just really excited to, um, to have that be able to land that film and, uh, and land one of the stars here to come you know come talk about it so just something really special to me and I think uh, it will touch uh, a lot of people in that way and so we plan to talk about that a little bit you know about what Cooley High uh, meant to the uh, African-American community during that time it was interesting that um, after I decided to uh, bring that film here I saw where they did the exact same thing in Los Angeles They actually brought Michael Schultz Glenn Turman and uh, Mr. Jacobs back to uh, L.A. to talk about that film and the impact of that film, and uh, they wrote wrote a pretty nice piece about it that I was uh, really impressed with. So, so I'm excited about that. I'm just excited uh, again this year to um, the the films that we were able to curate for this particular festival are just phenomenal, you know, and. Uh, and I say that, it sounds like I say that every year. And every year, you know, I mean, I get, I, I think, okay, this is probably the best that we're going to have right here, you know. And then the next year, I get another set of films that go, man, these are even better than the ones last year. And so I think it speaks to um, the growth that we are able to experience with the uh, with the film portion. And uh, there were a number of films that, 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 that really... Um, really tugged at me but I think that's the that's the cool thing about independent film um, you know they they often go places and tell stories that um, you know you, maybe you don't see them all the time in the um, in those other movies that, that have a lot more dollars uh, behind them you know so some of these stories they're very unique in, uh, in the way that they tell stories in the way that they interpret stories and, uh, and that's what I love about independent film and uh, I, I know I, w- I was sitting here thinking about of all the films that, I, that, that we have, it was just it was a few of them that kind of stand out to me. One was a story called The, the Last Kids. And this, this film was, um, the filmmaker who, who came up with this project, Her um, I believe it was her nephew, I believe, who was suffering from hearing loss and they brought him back. To, uh, he's back to Texas and, and uh, he was getting ready to go to school and he was really struggling with his hearing loss. And so she helped him with that by encouraging him to write about it. And so he wrote about it and she turned that into a film and, and made him the star of the film, a little 12 year old kid and all of his little friends in the neighborhood were all the actors in this movie. And so it was really, um, it was just awesome to see somebody turn that that type of an issue with this child into a film that he wrote himself and turn it into a film that, that, that we'll see on uh, at the Studio Movie Grill, you know, on the big screen uh, come next weekend. And so uh, I know she's gonna bring him in and several of the kids who were who acting in that film. And uh, for us to be a vehicle or platform, to be a vehicle to, to help bring that type of a story to a, a big screen, and have an audience see it uh, you know it's just just really impactful to me to be able to uh to to do that and um and there are several films um uh that really come come to mind uh that i i really like one is that we're going to do on friday night purgatory and um i know we have um the producer of that film here to talk about that film so i won't steal her thunder i'll let her talk about that film but but it was really really well shot and uh, I really thought a lot about that film. There's another film called Everyone Calls Me Ori. It's a film out of Venezuela. And it talks about a, uh, a teenage girl, I believe. Uh, she's 12, 13, uh, some, somewhere in that, that age range. But uh, she's suffering with vitiligo. And, and the way that they do this documentary and tell the story uh, through her and how she deals with that. And, um, and it, you know it's not something that... Um, something that she struggles with is something that she's overcome, and uh, and it it really talks about her journey from her perspective in her words, and you get to follow her around and see how she deals with that uh, issue, and how she's turned that into a positive for her. her. So I really, really like that. We'll also have, uh, I know Yaki Smith is in, uh, he'll be here to talk about his films, but we have a couple of his films, uh, Heavenly, his new one, uh, which, again, I won't I'll let him speak and talk about it, uh, and then Wolf, that was uh, an award-winning film that uh, he also uh, made that we'll have Saturday night, and so there are just a lot of a lot of different films in this festival that that really have me geeked. I guess uh, you know that, that you know I, I'm supposed to be out running the festival, but I'm gonna try to sneak in and, and uh, uh, you know, and you know I'll say this too. I watch all the films every year, I mean I do, you know, but this is the first year that I've really gone back to my computer and just played the film over again, over again, and and just, I was entertained by watching some of these films, you know. Um, And so, uh, it just really speaks to the the level of the projects that have been um, submitted. and I know Michael's here, and we have the filmmaker here talk about Alora, and I'm, I'm sure they'll talk about that too. But that was another one that uh, I've looked at three times, you know. And so, um, so I have a number of films in the in the, uh, in the uh, festival that are like that, that really just uh, have me excited. And I think that the community will be impressed with the uh, with the quality of films, the the number of films, and, and everything else associated with the films that they see, and uh, you know I'm hoping that uh, through this experience doing these the media roundtable that the word will get out about what an impressive uh, program that we have and it's something that the Arlington community really should come out and see and so you know I I wanted to do this um, I told Kelly a long time ago uh, you know me doing this festival was just uh, my way of um, uh, well let me back up I was a police chief I was assistant police chief in Arlington for a number of years, um, and when I retired from police work, you know, um, at that particular point in time, and really now, you know, there's a lot of divisiveness in the community, and uh, and I, I remember going to a um, a festival, it was a Black Film Festival in Dallas, uh, Texas Black Film Festival, and I was sitting in the audience, and I, I, I looked at the diversity in the audience, and uh, and I thought, man, this is this is this is cool, you know. Um, and it seems like at that particular point in time when people are caught up in, the, in watching the story, watching the film, they forget about all those other things uh, that, that we tend to take along with us you know, in, in our daily lives and we get caught up and we escape, I guess, you know, into the movie, into the story. And, uh, and I just really felt like that was something that our community needed in Arlington, a, uh, a, a mechanism, a way to escape and get away from some of the divisiveness and some of the divided conversation. And and so I was, you know, to me, in my own small way, I can't change the world, you know, but I can do something about the world that's that's around me. And so I tried to uh, create a, a mechanism or a vehicle for just a minute anyway, for 30 minutes, maybe an hour or maybe 10 minutes, people can forget about all of these other things that exist that, that dr- seem to drive us apart and uh, come together in a festival, Talk about a movie. Talk about a story, and uh, and really be one as one community, as one people, and and um, and so that's what I tried to create with this experience, um, with the festival. And you know, you can escape in film and the story. You can escape with music. People come together, dance. And, you know, we, we 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 come together as a community, and that's what I would like for our community to do. And uh, and and uh, hopefully. Uh, What I'm doing, we can replicate that in other areas of the city, other people who want to create uh, those kind of opportunities to have people come together and we forget about color, we forget about race and all these other things and we just come together as as people because that's what we are. You know, we have more in common than we do, you know, uh, apart. Uh, so, you know, uh, so that's my idea about the festival. I know I get asked that question, are you are a police chief? What do you know about film? I know nothing about <laughs> film. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I just know I like it, right? <laughs> you know, and, and uh, I like it or I don't like it. So, you know, I don't know all this, the technical aspects of it, you know, and, and, um, and I don't know that I, I'll ever know that. I, I'm learning, you know, through this experience. I'm, I know some of the more technical pieces of it. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in it like everybody else who pays a ticket to come. I'm in it for the entertainment. I want, a, I want a good story, and I want to be entertained by the story, and I want to learn. I want to learn something that I didn't know before. And I think the independent films that we offer offer an opportunity for people to learn and experience and have stories told to them that they wouldn't ordinarily see anywhere else.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I I really like the focus of this festival on diversity. I know you guys have heard me talk about that a lot on the show and on social media. I think it's really important and I love the representation factor in this particular festival. I like that that's a centerpiece to it. I think it's so important and um, yeah, so love that. I also got to hear from Vivian Fuller-Love. She is the publicist for the music portion of this festival yep there's also a music side to this festival and she'll talk a little bit about how that's grown and why she got involved
4: my client jim austin uh, jim austin online is based in fort worth and so uh, annually we've been doing a, a arlington music festival I believe this is the third year for us to do the music festival and so the timing uh, coincided with frame for frame, and it's just a natural fit. I mean, you know, some of the best film festivals in the world, they combine that element of film and music so that you get a really full um, artistic experience out of the whole um, overall event. So, uh, Jim is very passionate about music. He's been promoting shows for many years here in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, well, Fort Worth, primarily area of Fort Worth and Arlington. And so to be able to uh, join James and make the festival, you know, bigger, better, and to really be a part of what he's already established so beautifully in Arlington, it just seemed like a really natural fit to become a part of it. So the music itself. Yeah. Okay, so uh, on September 22nd, uh, we have Joe McBride and the Texas Rhythm Club, so that'll be a really great night of music. All of the shows take place at the Arlington Music Hall. So, And then we also have Soul Patrol happening on September 20th, and that uh, has Tom Braxton, which is a fantastic uh, jazz musician here, but he tours all over the world with some of the biggest names in, in jazz. And then also uh, Larry Braggs, who was the lead singer for Tower Power. He's just a vocal phenomenon. He's such an amazing performer, has such an incredible voice. And uh, Blake Aaron, a really hot artist that I believe we brought up from Austin for this. So it's just gonna be a really great night. Uh, Well, two great nights of music. Uh, People can come out and enjoy and uh, incorporate that into their film viewing Mm -hmm. uh, schedule. And so we're really excited about the partnership and excited to be part of Frame for Frame
3: this year.
0: All right, next you're going to hear from three key players in this film festival. I'll let them introduce themselves and describe their films.
3: Uh, I'm Nick Mothersbaugh, and I did Allura.
0: Uh Sharan Goodspeed Keaton, Purgatory. My name
5: is George Wada, and my uh, film is Once Upon a Time.
0: In this clip, you're going to hear from Nicholas Mothersbaugh. Again, he's the filmmaker for Alora. He's just going to talk a little bit about the film and where it's headed.
3: So uh, the film is about a mother who uh, is training for a space travel um, mission and has to decide between her love of her daughter and doing the dream that she's always, you know, wanted to do, which is space travel. Um, And the idea was originated from uh, NASA and the Houston Film Society uh, partner up every year and do a film competition. And so we wrote the film for that competition and then submitted it. We, we missed it the first year, actually. We didn't get the deadline. I mean, we, we found out about it like two weeks in advance before the the festival deadline. And um, it didn't make it that that point, but then took a year off and then came back to it about a month later and finished it up and submitted it again. Didn't make that, but ever since then it's been in quite a few film festivals, and luckily luckily enough this one as well,
6: and um, has been doing really well.
0: Next, you're going to hear from Sharan Keaton. Again, she's the producer for Purgatory.
6: Uh, My name is Sharan Goodspeed Keaton, and uh, Purgatory, my role with Purgatory was producer. Um, I um, and my producing partner, Charles W. Bush, we... Uh, assist indie filmmakers in DFW and abroad with um, producing their film on limited budget. So that was our role with this film. I was personally responsible for location scouting as well as craft services. And so um, that was how I helped uh, this dream become a reality. Purgatory is a short film about... The title purgatory um everyone kind of has their theory on what happens when you die do you go straight up or straight down and this um kind of examines it from one religious standpoint but in a very non-traditionally religious way um I don't want to give too much of it away. When it's a really short film, you don't want to give too much away. (laughs) It's hard um, to talk about. (laughs) I know. It's like if you say anything, people go, I don't need to see it. I heard it all. Um, A mother's mother's son and and husband are killed in a car accident, and then she does something which causes her to end up in purgatory.
0: Next is filmmaker George Wada. His film is called Once Upon a Time.
6: Okay, Once Upon a Time,
5: and... Once upon a time, I was a little boy growing up on a farm outside of Fresno, California. This would've been, my recollection goes back to the 1950s and definitely I remember a lot of the 60s and beyond. So, uh, we have a president that's, I was saying borderline uh, racist, but now I could definitely say I have a racist uh, president. And it's been bugging me, Uh, last year, uh, Thank you, Frank for Frank, for, frame for uh, letting me show up talking that mumble jumbo. And that was uh, Donald Trump uh, going into the election, and then I uh, updated that to uh, make it more current. And while this is going on, not only is he a racist, but he's also a liar. And I don't like to use the word liar, because that's extremely like a punch in the face, but he's lying. Uh, lock her up, lock her up, build the wall, build the wall. So therefore, I'm using build the wall. I said, okay, so build the wall. Uh, Glad uh, my grandparents didn't have to uh, cross a river or a wall. Oh, wait a minute, we didn't have one. It came a different way. And everybody else here came from somewhere else. And one thing we do share is the same experience. I don't think Americans are racist, but all it takes is somebody in leadership to set that type of an example and everything that uh, we stood for for over 200 years goes right out the drain. So therefore, once upon a time George Wada was a little boy growing up in Carruthers, California, outside of Fresno and uh, what you see in my film I take from another uh, movie but I remember those uh, where these white folks lived. Actually my folks I can remember the farm we grew up in. It's no different than uh, these uh, little Okies or uh, Sugar Hill or what, uh, you, know, me- you know, tortilla flats. I mean, we all had those. Um, and here we are, this is America. We're one big country, a very, very diverse country. And just to uh, start demeaning uh, people of color or religion or economic or whatever, Come on, that's not the American thing. So I'm gonna say, frame for frame, thank you for having me and letting me tell my story and share my experience.
0: This next clip involves one of my favorite films from the festival. The movie is called Him, and you'll hear from Daniel Montoya, uh, the filmmaker, and also the subject, Ethan, who is a transgender activist.
7: Hello, everyone. Um, I'm originally from Colombia, and that's where I got the passion for film. So um, I went to film school over there in uh, Bogota, and I work over there for uh, producing a short ser- a documentary series for uh, the state channel in Colombia. And once I finished that, I decided to move here to the U.S. and continue, you know, pursue my my dream of becoming a filmmaker. And I have produced different films, uh, fiction and uh, shorts, um, also documentary, and. Um, also a few uh, episodes like for uh, TV, for a documentary series as well. And I still keep digging, to see what, what stories are out there to pursue and, and to tell, to show. Right while we were promoting Train Station, which was a um, film that we finished not long ago, and we were showing all over the world with a group of filmmakers, friends that also live in other parts of the world, um, I wanted to start to getting busy again with some documentary or with some kind of story that was near me. And um, it was just a matter of connecting the dots and seeing uh, what was around and who I I was meeting. And during that time, I met Ethan at Southwest Airlines. Uh, So we both uh, worked there producing uh, all kinds of media for training. And um, I didn't know. his whole story but little by little I started to learn more and I saw that he was um, an advocate for LGBTQ rights and I was like oh that's very interesting so I wanted to see what was uh, that he was doing so we started talking and, and I saw that his story was very unique to talk about an issue that everybody says oh yeah we're gonna talk about that again but no this is a different angle this is how we can show how absurd this loss could, could be. So that, that's how we met and I asked him, Hey Ethan, are you cool if you, you know, we make a story and we present something of uh, what you're going through? Because I, th- I think it's interesting and, and people need to learn about these things. Uh, stop being a taboo and let's just start discussing about it. Uh, let's bring this subject to light. And he was totally cool with it. So Him is a short film in which um, we follow Ethan as he goes through a journey advocating in conservative Texas. So what was happening at the time is um, the bathroom bill was uh, popping up and it was gain- gaining a lot of momentum. And, um, and we saw that this bill, if passed and become law, it will affect all transgender people. And Ethan had a very good point, and is that if that becomes low, he will have to use the women's bathroom, and that's not okay. I mean, of course. So that's that's what the story is about, and we we see Ethan going through different uh, hurdles and uh, getting into the uh, Texas house and giving his testimony, and it's it's a very um, I don't know, I think that we showed that journey uh, from, from the angle that you go through. What do you think you think?
3: I completely agree, yeah. It, it The short documentary covers advocacy down in Austin as well as, as local advocacy doing the work here in town that's going to affect what happens in Austin. You know, you have your constituents who are all over Texas, and I was trying to target those constituents here locally that can call their representatives who are in Austin who are going to be voting on the bathroom bill.
0: Next, Ethan talks a little bit about how he got involved with transgender activism.
3: It was a complete accident. Um, So I came out in December of 2015. And Daniel and I met, it was May or June of 2016. And then we had the election in November 2016. And that seemed to be when everything kind of changed um, as far as the political climate. And we saw. The bathroom bill popping up here in Texas in the late winter early spring of 2017 and so that's when we had started talking about how do we want to kind of document what's going on uh, in Texas and yeah I fell into it through accident so when I came out I had full acceptance from my job my work and I'm sorry from my job my family and my friends and I realized that I had nothing to lose You know, there's so many people when they come out, they lose their jobs or their families kick them out. And I thought, well, I I don't face a risk of any of that. So who better than to advocate than someone who has full acceptance? And so it started with a, you know, a Transgender 101 presentation at a church that someone asked me to to present and I literally just kind of fell into the role and people started hearing that I would give presentations or do talks about what it means to be transgender and it took off, and so now it's where we landed as far as advocacy-wise, so now I still continue to do those things to this day. Um, advocacy changes over time, right, so we don't have the bathroom bill anymore, but now we have court cases coming up in the Supreme Court that are going to argue whether or not it's okay to fire someone because of their gender identity, right, so it, it just, it's always changing. It's never going to end. It just depends on what attack angle is coming from.
0: I think you've gathered that um, there are some pretty powerful themes that are touched on in this film festival. This next movie you're going to hear about is by Yaki. Um, he is a formerly Dallas filmmaker, now local to Austin. Uh, he made a movie called Wolf, and this year he is introducing another film called Heavenly, which I really loved. so I'll let him talk about that.
2: I'm Yaki. Um, I, I'll give you the whole sort of biography. So I was born in San Antonio, um, so I am Texas born and bred, Um, and I've been making movies since I was 15, Um, and probably over the last man 20 years, 23 years actually, I'm 38 now, I've made a film almost every year. Uh, some good, some bad. Some you will never see. You
3: know? <laughs> no, it's interesting. I was
2: actually digging through my office the other day. My my students just started this film festival called the Sloppy First Film Festival.
3: Oh, that's good. And
2: so they asked people to, to submit their very first films. And so I have all of these, like, DV tapes, VHS tapes of all these things that I did in high school. So anyway, um, but I made a feature when I was 15, when I was in um, high school. And, um... You know, I just have always loved film, have always wanted to make film, didn't really know people made films, um, and it's interesting, I'm wearing this Boys in the Hood shirt um, because this is actually the film that made me want to be a filmmaker um, because it was the first time that I'd seen people um, that I felt like I knew. You know, like I said, I grew up in San Antonio during the time when it was the drive-by capital of Texas. Um, we had tons of sort of gang violence. We had, um, you know, our communities really had just been flooded with drugs. And so drugs and all these things were sort of ravaging the communities. And for the first time, I felt like there was a a film that gave humanity to the people that I knew. I always knew they were human, but they were never portrayed as human on screen. You know, you always knew them from this newspaper article or this, um, um, news story but you really didn't know them. And so when I saw that film, I was like, hey, I want to make movies about those people uh, because I want to give them an opportunity to speak for themselves, uh, to offer them back their humanity and to really like offer them an opportunity to let people into their true lives and not the lives that we assume that they live because I'm one of those people. Um, So anyway, so again, that was at 11, 15, I made the first film, went to Incarnate Word where I studied uh, in San Antonio's uh, University of Incarnate Word, small Catholic school. Um, I went there for communication arts and then I went to film school at UT. And uh, yeah, and then you know I was here for a while teaching at UTA and while I was here I actually made Wolf. Mm -hmm. Um, And Wolf was my debut feature which premiered at South By in 2012. Um, And it is the story of a family that discovers Mm -hmm. their son has been molested by their pastor and it deals with the fallout from that. It deals with the way that the church sort of covers it up, sweeps it under the rug. And ultimately, it just deals with this family grappling with their faith, uh, what it means to continue to believe in an institution, um, a religious institution, after you feel like the person, the pastor, who in some ways you equated with God, um, has done this terrible act to your child. Uh, What does faith look like after you overcome something like that? And, um, you know, that film was... Like I said, it was my debut feature. We shot it over 15 days. We, we, you know, we found money where we could. Um, very, very low budget, but we made a pretty good impact. I mean, we 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 screened a lot of places. We were here at Diff. We were, like I said, at South by. We traveled around the world with it, um, won awards, and just did very well. You can actually find the the, the film right now on a, a network called QualityTV.com, and also Amazon uh, Prime. You can watch it. Um, and then in between that feature, which was 2012, I've made a series of shorts. One was called Dawn. It was on HBO. Um, one was called One Hit Acquitter, It won an awarded diff. Um, and then here I am making Heavenly now. And Heavenly actually is, is a very interesting thing because right after Wolf came out, I thought I was going to make my next feature two years later. And it was going to be the story of a young girl um, who basically returns home after being sex trafficked uh and it deals with her inability to live in the real world after experiencing all of that trauma and so i wrote a feature we did an indiegogo campaign we did a trailer for that feature the whole nine but we couldn't get the money together this was in 2013 actually and so i've been trying to get the money for that movie for you know like i said the last six years um, made shorts in the interim thinking that that was going to be my next feature and then decided you know what i can't get the feature made so i'm just going to make a short And so the short is, uh, you know, about a 12 to 13 minute, um, I don't want to call it a summary, but I basically pulled just key scenes out of that feature and made Heavenly out of that. And that's what we'll be playing in frame for frame.
0: All right, guys, that wraps up this in-between episode. Uh, Again, the event is called Frame for Frame. It takes place over September 20th through 22nd. You can find tickets at frameforframe.org. The film portion will be at the Studio Movie Grill in Lincoln Square in Arlington. The music portion will be at the Arlington Music Hall. And the art section we didn't get into that but there's also some art on display at the Arlington Museum of Art so if you want to check all that out please do once again I make these types of episodes because I want to support local film scenes and you guys should support your local film scene as well so if you're not in the Metroplex please look for some of those local events and support them and I hope that this inspires you to get involved and maybe make some of your own films uh so yeah that's it guys I'll see you next time